0: Here is Dr. DeRose.
1: Welcome to our broadcast today. I am Dr. David DeRose. We're talking today about something that is really at the heart of many indigenous peoples. It has to do with what some are calling, well, indigenous movement. With me to begin our dialogue is Dr. Anthony Flegg. Dr. Flegg, it's great to have you with us today.
2: It's great to be here.
1: Anthony, so you've been working in the Southwest. Tell us a little bit about your work, some of your activities, and some of the great people you've brought along with you for today's broadcast.
2: Yeah, I live here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, transplanted here on uh, traditional land of the Tewa people, and um, am someone who as a as a physician and father knows running as one of my core um, medicines for sanity, for mental, physical, spiritual health. And so with that, really um, kind of as my basis, I, I started to learn, really just become a student of the traditions around running that, you know, growing up in the East, I, I couldn't have told you anything about, but the native traditions where running is is so much more than how the, the larger world maybe thinks of it, calories burned and awards that you win, PRs for your your best time. So the colleagues I have here today um, are, are really people that I as a physician respect deeply as my health colleagues. They're people that have each taught me things about deeper levels of movement. and And they're also folks that have spent A lot of time out of the just goodness of their heart to start running medicine groups in their community and try to get families active, including here during these challenging um, months of the pandemic. So we have Charles Atzai from the Pueblo of Laguna. We have a mom, son, team of Thor and Audrey here from the Pueblo of Acoma. And then we have Danielle Hopkins, who. Is from Laguna and Acoma and Navajo Nation and um, helps me with kind of the, the larger runnings of running medicine.
1: Well, it's exciting to have this whole team here. And I know my listeners, and actually some of the folks who may be viewing some of these segments, were hoping to release some video content as well from today's show. We'll see if we can pull that off. But, Danielle, if folks, we were able to see you, they would see that you've got a very distinctive, uh, well, it looks like a, is, is that a shirt or sweatshirt? I see Anthony's got something that looks very similar. What are you guys wearing? Oh, I see Audrey standing up. Okay, Charles. They're saying, listen, this host needs to be more perceptive. We've all got our official, what? What is this, Danielle?
3: This is the very prominent and very well-known Running Medicine logo.
1: Okay, very good. So this logo, was it designed by the Native folks that you're working with?
3: No, it was actually designed. um, Running Medicine had a, when we first began, they had a um, logo contest and A gentleman um, won the contest with this beautiful. This was what he created when he saw the running medicine name, um, because it encompasses like all of us and, you know, in a lot of Native American cultures, the circle is a huge part of, you know, every aspect of Native American culture. And of course, he is running with a feather. And that ties all NHI programs together. Uh, NHI has, the, the Native Health Initiative has a feather um, entailed in all their programs. Uh, so that's what ties all the programs together. And Anthony can share with you uh, the individual who designed the logo and who won that contest at that time um, in, the early day, in the early beginning days of Reading Medicine.
1: Okay. Thank you, Danielle, for introducing us to this logo. So for those of you who can't see the logo, you can find it uh, at a website that Anthony will give you in just a moment, but it's a running individual, as Danielle described, who's holding a feather. It's in a circle, and there's white, yellow, red, and black colors prominently featured. Anthony, how could someone f- see your website, see the logo, and uh, connect a little bit more with your program?
2: Uh, so as Danielle mentioned, we're probably one of the programs of the Native Health Initiative and uh, runningmedicine.org. Very simple to find. Um, if listeners are excited and a lot of people, when they see the, the art, they really are kind of very deeply moved, um, regardless of which tribe they may be from, which indigenous people. Um, and we have a kind of a saying that we're here to make fitness, not money. And so, you can't actually buy the shirt. You, you can, uh, think about how you, how you might get involved, how you might even dream up of of starting a a running medicine in your community. But, um, we, we, we don't have a store that, that you can just buy You have to earn it by
1: sweating with us. Okay. I like this. I like this. So Charles, how have you uh, earned your shirt that you're wearing right now?
4: Oh, the sweater that I'm wearing. Um, so I started out running medicine last year for fall season. Um, I just wanted someone to run with, like other people to run with. Um, bunch of kids, uh, some adults. And then it turned out to USATF cross country season. And that led to being uh, good, helping, helping with the leadership over with ACOMO, going to running medicine.
1: Very good. Very good. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the program. So we've already mentioned that you're involved with something called Running Medicine. I know a lot of folks at the recent American Public Health Association meetings were exposed to this program if they hadn't heard about it already. I had heard about it from a previous guest, Michael Stocker, who's a medical student who you folks, I think, know well, who had worked with you uh, perhaps uh, before he was in medical school. But anyway, Michael was sharing with us about the program, and then at the recent American Public Health Association virtual meetings, I had a chance to hear uh, Dr. Flagg speaking about the program. But for those who have not heard about it, how did uh, this whole program come about? I can take a a
2: quick stab, but then maybe I'll throw it over to Thor and Audrey to talk about how it started in their community, because that creation story is... Is unique and different than than how we started. We gathered in a living room, a few people who I thought might be interested in a different approach, um, David, to movement, an approach that was much more inclusive and that didn't leave um, people who didn't feel like they were fit or fast, um, weren't young enough. You know, running groups can can very much be an intimidating thing for, I think, the large majority of people. So we wanted to create something that was very based in in culture and cultural traditions and really just some simple ways to build inclusivity. For instance, no one, as the circle keeps getting bigger and bigger and we're stretching out, no one is left in a second or third row. So the person who, you know, shows up and isn't real, confident in themselves, doesn't really appreciate their body, is more ashamed. Like we don't want them to to show up and feel immediately like they have to push to get into, you know, the the inner circle. And so really simple ways that our listeners in in all tribal communities can um, make movement very inclusive and the ways that you do that by creating a loving, supportive community is really the key. One thing I will point out is that we had we had a zero dollar budget when we launched in March of 2016, and to a lot of people that that may sound crazy. You may work for, you know, IHS or BIE or, um, you know, just not have a sense that you can actually do great things with no money. We had great people and great people. In, in NHI's work, which is a, a partnership whose really foundation is love as the strategy for social change. We, we, didn't, we didn't worry at all. We, we knew we had everything we needed and 70 people showed up on, on day one in March of 2016. No, no budget, nothing else had been figured out, but we knew we had um, in, in the energy and the momentum and, and really creating something that was a different way for people to move and support each other. We had something, we had everything we needed. We had, we had, we didn't need grants. We didn't need a tribe supporting us. We didn't need an IHS, you know, um, funding. And in fact, I think all those things sometimes um, kind of get in the way of creativity and, and some of the, you know, they, they restrict your growth in certain ways. So not to let money or lack thereof be, kind of an excuse for not following your dream or starting up something that you feel like in your community um, could really do some good, could really be um, healing for the people.
1: It's such a powerful message because so many folks feel like they don't have the resources to do things, but uh, I appreciate uh, what all of you have been doing as far as saying, hey, we may not have the resources, but we surely have the intentionality. We surely are motivated to make a difference. Let's go ahead and hear from you folks, uh, Thor and Audrey. It was mentioned that you had some insights as well into some of the origins of running medicine.
5: Running medicine um, was introduced to St. Joseph's School back in 2017. Am I correct, Anthony? Yes. Yes. Uh Anna Dean Leon was was one of the members of Running Medicine, and uh, so she she started the program. And when we joined, or when my daughter joined in 2018 of spring, um, we went through that spring season. It was uh, summertime, and by then we were we were trying to break away from St. Joseph's School we were hearing, you know, mixed messages of people, reasons why people weren't joining. And we wanted to take that away because the reason was St. Joseph's School. So eventually we were breaking string, stream, relocating, practicing in ACMA and Laguna areas. And um, it was with just a handful of parents, eventually, we got away from the school area and practiced in Aqua and Laguna areas. And, uh, we just kept going forward. And the question was to, to find some sponsorships. And that, that alone was pretty tough. There's not too many businesses here on either reservation, um, trying to find that sponsorship for our small group was was pretty tough.
1: I'll tell you I can empathize with you very directly. I've been involved with a number of nonprofits over the years and in fact this radio show this has been funded by a variety of sponsors over the course of the last 18 years or so. So I know exactly what you're up against. You've got a tremendous story, though, and I know uh, the very fact that we've got you on the air and the very fact that Running Medicine is thriving is a testimony to the fact that things have come together, at least sufficiently so, so that you could put together a quality program and continue to grow. We're going to be talking more about this amazing program, how others can implement some of the principles that you've learned, but before we step away... I just want to remind my listeners, you're listening to a team of folks from the Albuquerque, New Mexico area. Those Native leaders include Charles Atzier, Thor Peterson, Audrey Martinez, and Danielle Hopkins. Helping to pull it all together is Dr. Anthony Flegg. Dr. Flegg and the other leaders of the Running Medicine program will be back with more teaching us practical lessons that we can translate into our own situations, whether we're working with Native communities or whether we're just trying to make a difference in the health of those around us. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We'll be back with more right after these messages. Don't go away.
0: Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please reach out to us on the web at AIANl.org That stands for American Indian Alaska Native Living. Again, A-I-A-N-L Or you can call us at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this.
6: The following is a public service announcement for victims of child abuse. For 13 and 1 half years, I was the victim of severe child abuse. I was being beaten, cursed, and deprived of any kind of love and care. It was a big secret. Children are born to be loved, not to be abused. If you've experienced child abuse, find someone to talk to, someone you can trust and share your hurt and disappointments. Go to overcomingabuse.org. That's overcomingabuse.org.
7: I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General, at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family.
0: You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose.
1: Welcome back to the broadcast today. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're talking with some great folks from the Albuquerque, New Mexico area Running Medicine is the program that we're especially speaking about. And uh, we've been having our challenges today. We have got an interesting configuration here in our virtual studio. And if you're getting uh, clean audio when this is fully produced, I'll tell you it is only thanks to those who work behind the scenes in post-production because we've been limping along today. My guests have been great, your host and uh, producer, is the one who's having his challenges. So this is kind of a metaphor, it seems, for a lot of what happens in any aspect of public health. We're speaking about running medicine and some of its uh, humble roots, but it's been anything but, uh, uh, I would say, humble as far as some of the uh, things I've been hearing, some powerful things happening out of the program. Thor, I know we tried to get your wisdom in the last segment, had some challenges with that, so just start from the top. Nobody knows you. Let's assume that everything you've said to this point was lost and everyone's saying, who is this guy with this interesting and compelling name, Thor?
8: Uh, yeah, my name's uh, Thor Peterson. Um, like I said, I'm, um am from the pueblo of ACMA and Laguna. Um, we're with uh, Running Medicine, uh, ACMA Laguna. I'm one of the competitive coaches, as you would put, um, because I was in sports the whole time. So uh, up to this point, I think if you haven't heard it before, you know, I was kind of pushed into this, but it was, it's one of those good things that you, it's good for you to get pushed to your limits. Um, I'm a big guy. I have no business being a running coach, um, but I, I don't know, these guys thought I was and. And so I did the competitive, I helped the, our youth. Then the biggest thing, though, was that through this journey in running medicine, I ended up running the um, Duke City on a relay. So uh, I was like 320 and I still ran with the team. I did the is it five point or some other. Uh, some exorbitant number of miles and I did it and I kept a pace of fifteen minutes a mile. So Okay. But that, that's like my um one of my best uh memories of being with Running Medicine is that got me there to where I actually paid to run. Um kind of big, so that's not one of those things you see a lot. Okay. But then we moved into this and, you know, as you know, COVID hit and made it a challenge for everyone. So, um, but through it, we were able to get like a sponsorship with Laguna Acoma Sports and Wellness. We we're able to still have some practices. Our coaches are still here helping us. Um Albuquerque Running Medicine, they're still enduring. I think they get it a little easier because they got parks. We got like three areas we can run. Well, a bunch of areas, but like designated areas to run. <laughs> <laughs> so, hmm. but um, that's that's us in a, in a shell for the Akoma Laguna Running Medicine.
1: So, your running medicine program, Thor. There's different chapters or sections. Yours is right on your reservation. Is that correct?
8: Yes, there's a, a handful of us. I think um, there's Running Medicine Zuni, Running Medicine Akoma Laguna. Then there's Running Medicine Farmington. Um, I believe at one point there was Nam Nambe, right? They're kind of a smaller group now too, and then Running Madison Albuquerque has uh um, West side downtown. Yeah, West Side Downtown. So it's a split. But they get to be big too.
1: Okay, okay. So give us a little bit more perspective. We're we're hearing about the program, uh and this is for anyone, Anthony, any member of your team. We're hearing about you know bits and pieces of running medicine, some of your individual stories, how you interfaced with it, how the program started. but I still think there's a lot of listeners who are saying, "Well, what is running medicine? is it just a running club, and what's so indigenous about this approach
3: um, Well, running medicine, uh, we believe that uh, running And movement altogether is a beautiful and very strong, potent medicine for our mind, body, and spirit. Um, We believe that if we get up and move, we can accomplish many things through loving service work. Um, And uh, we also um, share, um, we are all inclusive. We're an all-inclusive family-based program. Uh, So no parent sits on the sideline when they um, are choosing to have their children come run with us. It's grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, nieces, nephews, uncle, aunties, all come and move together. Um, it's we all like to incorporate all cultures and all religions and all faiths. So anybody is welcome. We're a very I used to call us a community, but more we're more of a family. We're a huge family, and we really help one another and support one another in that family-based environment that is um, very prominent in a lot of Native communities. And we're just one big, huge, strong family.
1: I love the picture that you've painted, Danielle, of what you're doing. And I know a lot of folks uh, who were at the APHA session that I attended, where Dr. Flegg was sharing pictures. I think one of them that was very compelling is I think it might have been a grandmother and her granddaughter exercising together. So this whole picture, like you've painted, even though it's something that grew out of First Nation peoples, it's something that you've uh, really embraced people, like you said, of all demographic backgrounds. Am I hearing that correctly?
3: Absolutely. It's um, something we really pride ourselves on um and make sure that it is very prominent as you know as is it formed in albuquerque you know a lot of indigenous um and native individuals move to the big city and that's a big a, a big step and you're away from a big a uh, really strong support system um so by being in the city we created a support system for all like indigenous um peoples to come and feel a sense of home and a sense of belonging in this scary big city or this big world that we're normally not accustomed to being in. And, you know, that's something that we have created very well here and, you know, allowed it to be created in the surrounding, you know, communities as well. You know, maybe there's somebody or a family or an individual struggling with a sense of belonging. There's that place they can go to especially in the Acoma Laguna area where they can feel a sense of family and a sense of home and a sense of pride just within those individuals and those coaches and those leaders that are there.
1: One of the interesting things you mentioned, Danielle, and Dr. Flagg, I've heard you talk about this previously, you know, at the American Public Health Association meetings. I've seen it mentioned on your website It's this aspect of loving service. Now, this is not a phrase that I typically hear in a lot of contexts. It almost, I think for a lot of people, it may sound more like a religious or spiritual context. So with public health programs, loving service, I don't hear that terminology too much. So do any of you want to help us understand where this uh, concept comes from and why you've articulated it, why it seems that you want to emphasize this aspect of love that's part of your programming.
3: I think love is like a huge part of our healing journey. Um, all of our work is done with the heart. When we do this, we all have our own lives. We all work full-time jobs. Uh, we're As for myself, I'm a pharmacy technician by day in a running medicine program, a director by night, but I do it with Along with everybody else here, they do it with their heart. And it's something that um, has probably been taught to all of us, you know, in Indigenous communities that we give from our heart, not selfish with what we have. And that's kind of how I have um, seen loving service. And just taking it back to those roots where um, back in the day when, you know, our grandparents or, you know, even maybe Audrey's grandparents, they did stuff lovingly. Um, it was, if I have a field of vegetables, and maybe, uh, you know, another person in the community had sheep or cattle, they did things in that loving way where they, they did trade, you need this um, cattle or this meat, if you could, um, and then transfer over the veggies and share everything that they have. And just to, um, and I think Audrey and her family actually carried on that as they grow wonderful gardens, and um, they share their fruitation um, with the community as well. And it just goes back to that basis of what we have been raised in, in Indigenous communities, to share what we have, to share from the heart. Don't be selfish. You know, give when you can, give what you can, you know, to help each other. Because we're all in the tribes we all are, or the, you know, Pueblos we come from. We're all one big family. We we don't ever consider ourselves when we go outside the community like as one person. We're all akume or we're all awake. We're all one in you know, community together. And that's how we have based we really have grown up is we base that is we're all one people and we we take care of one another in that way.
1: I appreciate your thoughts so much, Danielle. We are going to be uh, coming back with more on today's edition of the broadcast. We're talking with folks who are involved with Running Medicine. It's an exciting program that is based right in the uh, southwestern part of the United States. But we're going to be talking about how perhaps you, your tribe, and others that you know might be able to be involved with something similar. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We will be back with more right after this.
6: The following is a public service announcement for victims of child abuse. The most negative thinking in my childhood was the things said to me. I felt like I was a bag of garbage waiting to go to the dump. Please, mums and dads, put a watch on your mouth as you relate to your children. If you've experienced child abuse, find someone to talk to, someone you can trust and share your hurt and disappointments. Go to overcomingabuse.org. That's overcomingabuse.org.
0: You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose.
1: You are back with Dr. David DeRose and with folks representing the running medicine team, if you will from uh, actually with roots in the Albuquerque, New Mexico area. We are speaking especially about an aspect that is often not discussed in public health circles, even though it was featured at the recent American Public Health Association meetings, and that is this concept of loving service. Uh, Dr. Flagg, I'm wondering if you would, would speak to this a little bit, especially as it relates not just to serving your community but also the spirit of love that uh, I notice is really active among you as leaders in the program.
2: Thanks, David. Um, and to the brothers and sisters out there, I think you all in, in your own tribes and, and communities know the, the really unique way that um, just how we are in our relations with others, the love that we are expected to give to our community is is very different in Indian country and in in indigenous communities than in in the kind of wider world where it's a much more selfish, self-centered kind of way. And and I think the youth element to all of our leaders, many of whom are in their, you know, late teens, early twenties, really speaks to the foundation of that. I think most, um, on the street, 25 year olds, you probably run the other way. If you say, I need you to devote a lot of time to something that you're going to do just from your love of your community, but that isn't going to, you know, necessarily further your career or your paycheck. And, um, so I think Charles, um, at size is an amazing example of that he's someone who is absolutely a leader, um, we, I personally saw that we, we actually met the very first time we met was on a prayer run, marking the the Pueblo independence of, of Pueblo revolt of, of 1680. And um, so I think he and many others really have blossomed as leaders in running medicine, just being the, the kind of grounds for doing that. So almost think of one, one byline to running medicine is where this, this covert, you know, leadership development program, which is is wonderful to see.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So, Charles, that really uh, brings up the question. I mean, you've got uh, a physician in your community who's excited about what he sees happening in your life. He says you're developing as a leader right before his eyes. Do you feel like you've seen that impact in your own life as a result of your involvement with running medicine?
4: Yes, I, I do. I think just the involvement with children. I never have been involved with children before. That was just a total game changer
6: for me.
1: So tell us a little bit more about your background, Charles. What what had you been doing before running medicine became a part of your life?
4: Um, before running medicine, I was a solar installer. Um, how how I ran into running medicine out out in New Mexico? They have uh, Wings of America. They have uh, these pueblo crossroads. There's a uh, 19 pueblos in the state of New Mexico, and so uh, Wings of America has like a community 5K uh, walk or run in each pueblo. And so, running medicine's huge. Those guys are out there all day. So me, me and my friend, we would go, and he, he would always say, "We can't let those running medicine guys beat us." And so we, I, I would see them there, and then I'll. Dr. Anthony Flagg, how I met him at the um, up in Hamas, the prayer run to the from uh, Hamas Pueblo to the uh, ancestral site where they came from. I think that was cool to go to Pecos and see that. Yeah, it's very inspiring.
1: Okay, so basically you have this meeting on a prayer run, and did Dr. Flagg approach you, Charles? Did he say, hey, how would you like to, to be part of running medicine?
4: I was, I was in this transition and moving from Albuquerque to Laguna. So I told him that I was going to be, uh, be out in Laguna and, uh, the, the current leader, uh, Anna, Anna Dean Young who started Accomo Laguna Ready Medicine, um, started going to the the K center where we would meet at. And so he started showing up. He got more involved, uh, with the process of how, how things are done in in medicine. It's awesome. Uh, able to go because i would go run on my own um and just didn't have no motivation and then go to go hang out with other people to, to hang out with them to be part of a group It's something different to me and then the kids getting involved with the, the usat of the cross country season um that's where i knew i this i'm gonna be stuck hanging out with these guys forever
1: okay I love that. I love the fact that you, uh, as Danielle pointed out, you're really a family. And that's the spirit that I'm hearing coming through. And that's uh, actually a safe place to grow, right, when you're among family. It's not, uh, you know, a boss looking over your shoulder and, uh, you know, browbeating you. It's actually giving back and then developing your own skills. I'm very interested in Audrey's journey. Audrey... I understood from some comments that Dr. Flagg made earlier in the program that uh, you had a little bit different entrance into perhaps the running medicine world, maybe than some of the others. Is that safe to conclude?
5: Uh, Yes. Athena signed up 2018 spring. Uh, I supported her. I did the mom thing and took her to practice. Throughout the summer, Anna Dean kept bugging me with the question. And then I would see Dr. Flagg and he would bring the question up about, you know, some some leaders or some coaching. And, well, you know, I kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And Athena wanted to continue the fall season. So I finally just said, okay, you know, we need some leaders. Anna Dean has her hands full he only had one other assistant coach but you know they they both had jobs and they both have families so um i i kind of said yes so i was one of the coaches for the adults uh whether it was walking running or um just being there being a support system for them because a lot of people that come out everybody has a different plan uh not plans but different things on their plate where maybe they need a friend or maybe just to talk to just to walk with just to run with kind of like Charles you know he needed somebody he needed a support system and when, when Charles came around you know we we welcomed him and uh it helped me a lot it helped me to to see change and uh it, it's been quite a journey. Athena has done well, and Dr. Flegg and everyone have been um, a good support system for
1: me. Tremendous. Well, it sounds like you've been part of the good support system for others, too. So thank you for sharing, Audrey. So as as we've been listening to this dialogue, I say we, me, my listeners, I'm hearing that this is a multifaceted program. So you guys actually are a serious running club. You're trying to tr- help people train to be successful competitive runners on one level. Is that correct or am I missing part of the program?
2: David, it's it's a really unique place where on one hand there there might be an elder who's trying to wor- walk regularly for the first time in years maybe trying to beat chronic pain or diabetes uh, another person's out there celebrating sobriety or um, overcoming domestic violence and then over you know they're and, and those two people might be in the same family and then their children or grandchildren are over with Charles and Thor and they're they're planning to you know race and race hard and and run their fastest in a week and to try to figure out a way that you don't, um, and I'm speaking again to the brothers and sisters hearing the podcast that you can offer all of those in, in a more indigenized way of movement model where it's intergenerational and you figure out ways to play together and bring everyone together and, and not reward just the fastest, um, but reward everyone's journey. And that's that's really a beautiful thing when that starts to happen. Um, it's not the norm. If you think about how rare it is even to see in any context, multi-generational play, you know, you have an adult soccer league, you have a youth baseball league, but there's rarely in our kind of sports systems, for instance, any place where, you see grandparents exercising, their children out there and their grandchildren, all out there, different speeds, all getting their medicine, as we say, getting whatever they need for that day and and all ultimately, you know, warriors and victorious. It doesn't need to be something that we line people up by the um you know, the, the finishing times. I think one other thing we haven't touched on in, in this show is, that the social connectedness, we've actually done a little bit of um, research on the program and the, the degree to which people improve in their, their social connection with each other, which is um, really an important aspect of health that I don't think we look at enough. Um, in indigenous communities, it's really clear that you know no one can be healthy if they're not connected socially. And the medicine wheel kind of model that, um, all of us know, and that's kind of depicted on our logo. You know that fourth. There's mind, there's body, there's spirit, but there's also the social. You can't be healthy and connected from other people. And uh, particularly, like in Albuquerque, where we have Native Americans who are are pretty far from their home tribal communities. There's been really um, a, a significant impact on just them feeling for the first time, maybe since moving to Albuquerque 10 years earlier, that they're actually connected to community and they're connected to fellow Native Americans and to to an indigenous community that's maybe far more important than the five pounds that they lost or the improved cardiovascular fitness that they gained from being a part of us.
1: Yeah, these are uh, profound insights. I've loved the theme of social connectedness because It's one of the things that uh, when you're doing community health work, I mean, I think is so powerful. And you guys have been illustrating that so, so very well in uh, in all that you're doing with running medicine. I know there's a lot of folks who've been on this journey with us, at least during this broadcast. And they're wondering, maybe they're listening from Alaska. Maybe they're uh, from the northeastern U.S. or the southeastern. Maybe they're from the, the northern plains. Can other people start running medicine chapters in their own communities?
3: Absolutely.
2: We're absolutely excited to partner. And if groups are interested in starting a a running medicine in their community in 2021, to contact us.
1: We are going to be talking about how you can contact the folks at Running Medicine and we'll be also talking about some final details that really, I think, can make a real difference in your tribe, in your community, or if you're just trying to develop greater social connectedness through something as powerful as physical activity. We've got a lot more coming up, even though we've just got a single segment left in today's edition of the broadcast. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We will be back with that final segment right after these important messages. Don't go away.
0: Today's broadcast has been pre recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1 800 775 HOPE. That's 1 800 775 4673. We'll be right back after this.
6: The following is a public service announcement for victims of child abuse. If child abuse victims don't get counseling or help, They so often become abusers themselves. The victim doesn't make the decisions. They just take the orders. I got help, and so can you. If you've experienced child abuse, find someone to talk to, someone you can trust and share your hurt and disappointments. Go to overcomingabuse.org. That's overcomingabuse.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. If you own firearms, it's your responsibility to make sure they're always stored safely. Hiding them in a closet or drawer is not enough. Kids know where they are. Research shows the risk of injury and death is lower if guns are stored unloaded and locked up with the ammunition locked in a separate place. This is important when children are young as well as when they grow into teenagers. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit healthychildren.org. So I wanted to talk with you and your mom today, Lily. Because some people at school have noticed changes going on with you. And we're concerned.
8: Like what? Who?
6: Some of your friends, teachers. Sounds like you've lost interest in a lot of things lately. You're hanging with new friends. So? So, individually, maybe those things are no big deal. But taken together, and then the incident the other day, you were with Derek when he was caught selling marijuana. Yeah, he was selling it. Honey, we know. But we care about you and, and want to know what's going on. That's right. We just want to understand better and see how we might help. And if weed is a part of it, we just want to make sure you understand the negative consequences for someone your age, the physical and mental health effects, the poor decision-making, and the confusing legal aspects these days. So what do you say? Can we talk?
1: For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
0: You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose.
1: Welcome back to the final segment of today's broadcast. We're speaking with folks who represent the running medicine team, if you will based in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but also taking in people from uh, reservations uh, and other venues throughout the Southwest. We have been talking about how you might have been catching a similar vision to do something perhaps in your own tribal community, maybe in the urban area in which you live. And Danielle, we were speaking a little bit at the break about ways that people could go about doing that what kind of advice do you have if someone wants to start a running medicine club or chapter in their community?
3: Uh, my advice is just reach out to us. We're open to um, getting any branch of running medicine out there in, in any indigenous reservation or community uh, that you want to start it at. Um, we're, more than, um, ex- we're more than welcome to um, get you on the team and a part of the family and just get um, movement in your community.
1: Well, Danielle, I'm jotting down uh, an address or website or something for Running Medicine. Do you have a web address?
3: Yes, you can reach us at runningmedicine.org and we'll get your, or I will get your message and we'll definitely be um, excited to hear from anyone who wants to start Running Medicine in their community.
1: Now, that's too easy. It really is runningmedicine.org?
3: Correct. It's that easy and simple.
1: Okay, well, Great. You know, we've been speaking about a lot of things that I think folks are relating to, but one of the things that's probably maybe a little bit more challenging to relate to is just the fact that we find ourselves in the midst of a pandemic. And folks are saying, okay, they've been talking about running and bringing everyone together, cross-generational Anthony, Dr. Flagg, I saw a picture at the American Public Health Association meetings. You were making a presentation. You had a whole group of people all holding hands together, but you mentioned pre-pandemic. So I'm interested, from each of your perspectives, do you have any pointers for folks that are tuning in today? How can they keep, really, this vision that you've cast in this show? How can they intersect with other people? How can they prioritize movement in the midst of this, uh, this pandemic?
3: I think with each community, it's different. Um, for here in Albuquerque, it's a little bit—it's it, difficult for everyone um, at this time. We're all struggling, um, just like all organizations are struggling, because um, we really base our our program off getting that energy, that physical energy from each one of you know everyone else, and that social connection that Anthony spoke of, and you know now that's that's missing, and we don't have that. So trying to um, get that is very challenging at this time, but as resilient and as um, inventive and innovative as our team is, uh, we have really pushed through and creating, um, Zoom celebrations. And, you know, we see small, um, groups forming with, um, the participants and them supporting one another, you know, via text or a phone call or a handwritten letter or, a a nice note, you know, just checking up on one another and making sure each of us are okay and that we're getting movement. Um, I've seen a lot of um, very inventive things happen uh, with movement from people dabbling into hit to, um, walking, continuing to walk and run, um, to doing aerobics and yoga, um, creating home weights with what they have at home, um, getting in like Audrey and and her family have done has really, um, embraced gardening and um, being resourceful and creating their home own produce. And I've seen a lot of people just, you know, do a lot of things in this time and be very resourceful with their time and what they have and build a lot of great things.
1: Excellent. Excellent. What about some of the rest of you? Other pointers for folks, how they can keep active, and very unusual times, times that uh, for many people seem to be challenging times to keep active, especially if they were using maybe a, a health club that's now shut down.
5: Okay, I'll go next. Um, my thing is I, I'm not a social media person. So I like to talk to people. So um, usually <laughs> I talk a lot. Um, I text people. That's, that's my social media. And if mm-hmm. I don't text anybody, I'll call somebody if possibly I can forward a flyer or something, I'll do it that way, but that's my form of um, communicating. Um, I just keep bugging them, uh, mostly encouraging people that, you know, especially during this time that we need to help ourselves, um, getting outside, whether it's walking, hiking, biking, running, you know, it's all a way of healing. And, um, And it has been challenging. So, with our group here in Acma and Laguna, with everything being virtual, uh, we've run into a lot of um, roadblocks with the pueblos shutting down, even being on lockdown. Um, The villages throughout the pueblos being closed down, and all we can do is just continue to um, encourage one another.
2: Get creative.
5: Yes. Get creative, you know, um, just to remind them that, you know, there's different ways to heal and to get through this and that we'll get through it together.
1: Thank you so much for those encouraging words, Audrey. How about you, Dr. Flagg? Any insights into this really important issue? I will just say as a physician that
2: now is not the time to stop moving. It It is the opposite be there for our families and our communities during the, the next months of the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic as, as healthy people. And so um, ex- making that into a bigger, you know, community. What if not only you can move yourself, but maybe through Facebook or through um, other channels, you can actually inspire and in, in your larger tribal community to, to moving. Um, the message needs to be do it safely, but keep moving, stay active, and stay safe, and and that is a different message than pre-pandemic, where it was just let's get moving. No, we have to we have to make sure that we really think through even the simplest um, kind of fitness initiative in terms of is it complying with our tribe and our state's current public health mandates to to keep the pandemic from further doing damage to the community, um, but not to let that be the thing that paralyzes you as a leader or you as a community from moving and saying, you know, uh, we'll wait a year from now, we'll start back up. That, that's not going to work because um, we, we all need, I think, more than ever movement as, as a medicine for our, our own lives, our, our mental, spiritual, and physical health.
1: Thank you, Dr. Flagg. Charles, any final remarks? Our time is rapidly slipping away.
4: It's been kind of difficult because like the whole point of uh, joining running medicine was to go hang out with some kids, I'm adults, and now I'm back kind of where I'm at, just by myself again, <laughs> just hanging out. Um, so yeah, I, I, I keep to myself. Um, try to get on virtual meetings to hang out with everyone on Running Minutes and Akamaguna. We have our uh, our season going on. Um, so we meet up on Tuesdays and Thursdays, 5 p.m. Um, yeah, stay motivated, stay inspired.
1: Okay. Thor, we're passing the baton back to you. Some final thoughts, wrapping up for us. Yeah, so I just
8: want to, um, you know, to everyone out there, um, just do what's comfortable for you, whether it's running, walking, like we said, everyone said, it's about you and and you building yourself up and helping build others up, especially your community. Um, in Native communities, we don't use the the me terms as much. We use we. We have mm-hmm. that concept of, it's a community we the people um so when you're doing this um when you're doing movement think of you know try to get your family to go with you try to um you know like if I can do it you know all you guys can do it too not saying that like I'm trying to challenge you or anything like that but that if you have that little bit of spark and you take it you can lead it a long way
1: tremendous Thor, appreciate those, uh, those final words of wisdom. And as we wind up, uh, Dr. Flagg, our, uh, our time has just about slipped away from us. Any final remarks from your vantage point? I've just uh, appreciated. Let me just tell you how you brought this, uh, this great team together and uh, allowed me to share in some of the enthusiasm that's taking place in running medicine. But any final words as far as connecting points, final messages of encouragement?
2: I think my team has said it pretty well. And David, thanks for the, the time today. To our, our brothers and sisters out there in, in indigenous communities, keep moving. Um, I really liked what Thor said and and just kind of the idea that all of us can be a spark for wellness with our own families. You can start really small and you never know where that that might grow and, and how that might affect uh, the community around you. Um, again, just also the importance of really creating more inclusive ways, indigenized ways of Movement that include connection to the land and getting people to grow their own food, things that you know are really a holistic, um, a holistic way of wellness. And movement may just be the thing that attracts people to the table at the first place. And but then you you bring in bring in all of the other ways that you can really promote healing. If anyone out there thinks they could benefit or want to partner, collaborate with our running medicine. Again, feel free to get in touch. RunningMedicine.org is the best way to do that.
1: Thank you so much to each one of you. And uh, thank you to all of you who've joined us on today's edition of the broadcast. I'm Dr. David DeRose, and as always, wishing you the very best of health.
0: This is Life Talk Radio.